So I feel like success is what it is to you. So how I define success may be completely different from someone else uh, defining success. I feel like success is compiled with one, freedom, time, and the ability to do things on your own terms. Um, you know, now some people may have found success in their career. It's really about loving what you do, you know, and having a passion for what you actually want to do. Um, I think it's easy to, like, I've had a lot of great jobs um, and, you know, great salaries and things like that. But after a while, I didn't really just have a, I guess, a passion for it. I just love the perks. I love traveling. I love, you know, the the Delta Sky Miles, the, the hotel points, things like that. But I'm just like, am I really living my passion? Is this what I'm on earth to do? Am I happy doing this? We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off The Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University, and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, I am the captivating, motivating, tenulating, and money-making Mr. Carborn Jr. And I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. What up? Listen, to the listeners, I just want y'all to know, y'all need to start like a, like a, I don't know what to even call it, one of those sign-up sheets. I need me a title. I'm just saying, I need me a title. Right now, I'm just Paul, and I'm cool with that. I'll write that out. But um, hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy to be here. We're going to get you right, bro. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but seriously, guys, you know, every week, man, we love to bring you special guests. We love to bring you people that are going to influence you, help your business, help your brand, and really help you upgrade your life. This week is no exception. With that being said, I'm very, very, very excited for this episode. Uh, today's guest is actually uh one of my frat brothers so shout out to the noops that would be listening yo noop um but without further ado man today's guest is a serial entrepreneur ceo of barge consulting group tenacity and is also a co-partner of bites hub we'll get into what all that stuff means when we start the episode um but through barge consulting group man he's been able to help over two thousand people learn the ins and outs of the stock market and how to start building generational wealth so Without further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce Mr. Stephen Barge. Stephen, bro, thank you so much for joining us, man. How you feeling? Feeling pretty good, man. It's a beautiful Monday, man. You know, I'm just I'm just glad you guys, you know, had me here. I'm happy to share my knowledge and gems, you know, share my journey with the people. Absolutely, brother. Thank you for being here, man. So we like to be respectful of your time. With that being said, we're just going to dive right into it. And we usually like to start with why, right? But for you, it's a little, it's a little unconventional, right? Because I can't, I can't really pinpoint one specific thing. Because I mean, man, you're really a jack of all trades. You know, you, you you got your hands in a lot of different things. So, 
the why that I will ask you is why did you choose to pursue um, becoming an entrepreneur and how did that lead into the various things that you're involved in as well? Yeah. So um, as far, if you would have asked me maybe like 10 years ago, if I would have been an entrepreneur, I probably would have laughed, you know, um, you know, just coming back from just a, a traditional background, uh, growing up in a single parent home. Um, I didn't even know that I, you know, I didn't even know what I was doing, you know, just going to college. So I went to college, went to a little small HBCU uh, called Voorhees College. And from there, of course, you know, when you're in, in school, you're just really, I feel like in school, you're just taught to be a great employee, you know, you're, and then you get that understanding where, you know, once you actually graduate, you just like, hey, you want to land a decent job, you want to move up the corporate ladder, and that's what you want. So, you know, in my experience, you know, post-grad, um, I moved to Atlanta in uh, 2013 after graduating, and I worked in several different fields uh, as far as uh, cu customer success managers, account managers, um, and then eventually I got into healthcare IT, um, where I actually found my passion, um, and then, you know, from there, um, you know, I, I kind of got inspired to just kind of build my own business. And the reason why is just because I worked for a, uh, a healthcare IT company called Athena Health, which uh, they provided EMR and EHR platforms for doctors and physicians. So uh, with that, I kind of got introduced to the startup world. And I'm just like, you know, well, why don't I just kind of, you know, try to build my own company, you know, my own tech company. So I've always been interested in real estate and I've, I've always been interested in just kind of just really just solving a problem that a lot of people run into. Um, and and, and then the, just, a, you know, a little background, a lot of people in my family, they weren't in entrepreneurship at all. Um, so it was kind of like, I knew I would be doing something different, but I also knew I would be going down a road that it wasn't a path. Like I didn't have no one to look up to. I didn't know have I didn't have a blueprint. So a lot of things was really just trial and error, you know. So my why was just really just I wanted, I knew I could do more. And honestly, I wanted to create something of my own and build it on my own. And I knew it would be, you know, I knew it would be a, a struggle, but I, I just knew that I just wanted to be more creative outside of my nine to five. I really like that, you know, especially because it definitely speaks to a lot of our audience. It speaks to us. Um, you know, I just want to start off by asking this particular question, because this is just one of those things that I found myself recently to kind of pondering about just kind of like, man, like if I could go back, <laughs> you know, what I'm like, what would I tell myself back then? So I, I do have to start off by just presenting this question to you, you know, like if you could go back when you first became an entrepreneur knowing everything you know right now honestly what would be the the piece of advice you give your younger self to make sure that you still succeed yeah so if i could go back to my younger self and just give myself some advice i would honestly say that you know try to build and when you're when you're actually build try to build with the team you know I, I, what i've learned on my journey is that you can't do it all by yourself you know so the, the biggest thing is just really on this journey you have to align yourself with people that align with your vision and uh in uh, some of my battles in early entrepreneurship i didn't align myself with a lot of people uh that you know saw my vision or really believed in it i just aligned myself with people that may have been friends relatives things like that and it, it, it in that experience it kind of gave me a bad first experience in entrepreneurship. My actual first business was a marketing business that actually failed. Um, and it was just the wrong people involved. 
Um, and people really didn't have the same work ethic, you know, amongst the team. So if I could go back to myself, I would just really just say, you know, it's bigger, you know, I would tell myself it's bigger than me. And, you know, the biggest thing is focusing on like really just building around solid people that can kind of support my journey. So, bro, I want to ask you, man, because I always, (laughs) I always hear it from people, you know, that, that it kind of, adds like a like some extra flair you know or or some extra motivation um so let so let me ask you man uh baby barge baby barge is 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 on the way right yes sir yes sir talk to us a little bit about that man like just describe how how that feels for you you know and 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 what that's been able to do for you in, in terms of like your business and your grind um, yeah, so I always really just been like super uh, motivated, super motivated person. Always been a family person. I'm and I'm the oldest of five boys. I have triplet brothers, and then um, and then actually one of my brothers actually uh, passed maybe like two years ago from muscular dystrophy. Uh, so really, I've always been that catalyst. I always put my family on my back, and just really just been that person to you know make sure everyone you know stayed the course. And my mom also had the support that she needed, um, you know. So with this, this kind of turned me up a little bit because, you know, of course, nobody, nobody planned for it at all. So, you know, I always been a traveler. Of course, with my, of course, with my last road, I traveled ninety percent. Uh, so with COVID hit, you know, we kind of slowed down, which led to a little bit more alone time <laughs> uh, and, and at home time, and things kind of happened. So it was crazy because, like, me and my girlfriend, we actually had trips booked. And when we found out, we were just like, wow, she she FaceTimed me like five in the morning. And she was just like, hey, she's like, I took three tests. I was just like, wow. So she caught me at five o'clock in the morning and then I went to sleep. I woke up, I was like, I must've been dreaming. Let me call her back again. <laughs> so I called her back again and I was just like, wow. So even, you know, this kind of added more fuel to the flame. Um, the reason being is just because, like, my mom, um, I'm the last Barge. So my, my name is Stephen Barge, of course, and um, I have my mom's last name. So uh, we went back and forth with, you know, from, hey, do we want to do a junior? Once we found out it was a boy, we just like, do we want to do, do a junior? We had no boy names picked out. So we're at the gender reveal, and we found out it's not a girl. So we just like, man, uh, you know, do we, do we want to do a legacy thing or what? And at first... Um, you know, I, I'm real particular about, you know, everyone creating their own path and having their own journey. So um, when it came to just having a junior, I'm just like, man, I don't know. I don't want. And then also, like, that's some big footsteps to, to feel, too. Like, I did a lot of things in my life um, that a lot of people, you know, haven't you had the pleasure to do. So I just like I don't want that pressure on my son, too. But we, we finally came down to it. Well, we, we, we are going to have an actual junior. So that's great. But it's just been more fuel to the fire, man. It really turned me up. Um, and it gives, it gives me more motivation to go a little bit harder. Like I got, I have my, my intermediate family, but now I, I get to lead a family. So the thing where business and stuff uh, ties into this is, you know, if you're a leader and you're an entrepreneur, you have to lead your team. You have to be selfless. You have to be willing to dedicate your time um, and, and, and just really, you know, really just, you know, be patient with your team. So I've learned a lot of patience when it comes to entrepreneur and, you know, just being a business owner where this is going to allow me to translate into fatherhood also. Um, so a lot of things, you know, and then just leading the family in general, you know, so I'm just like, yo, if I can lead a business and, and create multiple profitable businesses, 
um, you know, I'm definitely going to be, you know, excited on this new journey too. Listen, I hear you. Um, I, I don't have any kids, but my best friend, he just had a son four months ago. And like, I kind of, you know, I feel that, that push too. Cause you know, this past weekend I was hanging out with him and I was holding my nephew, you know, in my arms. And I was just like, I, you know, I see it. Right. Right. <laughs> see, I see that drive. Right. Um, partly because, you know, you want to leave that legacy. You want to be able to push and create that world um, for them, you know, to be able to just have whatever they want to have and do whatever they want to do. So I love hearing about that. What I want to do is transition a little bit, a little bit, um, because you did mention you have multiple, you know, profitable businesses, which mm -hmm. I think is every entrepreneur's dream. Right. right. Um, and I think, you know, what leads to that have to be certain things. Clearly, um, some of those just being like success habits, you know, people just do certain things. And I know, you know, for everybody, it's not the same thing, but I do think that our listeners could take something from what you do or what you consider to be yours um, and apply it to their lives. So, you know, just off the top of the bat, man, um, what would you say were like your top two, three um, success habits that you've just laid as your foundation? Yeah, um, one of my things, and I share this with a lot of people all the time, even when it comes to like my investment group, is really just running my race. Um, I think, you know, we live in an environment where it's easy to compare ourselves to other people. We have social media, you know, um, and a lot of people feel pressure into those things. A lot of people don't voice those things, but it's a lot of behavioral things that's, that's allowing us like likes, you know, posts, different things. And we, it's easy to compare our lives to other people. So on this journey, uh, no matter what journey you're on, I always tell people you, you're at your own pace and you just need to focus on your vision and your path, you know, always run your own race. Um, another thing is really just a, a time management. Time management is key. Um, what I learned, uh, this, so I've been a full-time entrepreneur since April of last year, which is crazy. Uh, I actually got laid off my last job as a startup company and I got laid off from COVID. So um, I, I was planning to transition to full-time entrepreneur, but the biggest thing is a lot of people don't know, you know, how they're gonna get the income and things like that. So the biggest thing that helped me was the stock market. The stock market allowed me to get that leverage to kind of go away. So I think the biggest thing too is uh, really what I've learned during this journey, just being full-time entrepreneur is you have to have a schedule. You know, just like a job, you have a manager, you have someone to hold you accountable. Um, you, when you work for yourself, you have to hold yourself accountable. So time management is everything. So what I do is I literally, on the weekends, I plan out my week. I schedule out my week. Uh, even this podcast interview has been on my calendar, you know, for weeks now. So I make sure if it's not on my calendar, it usually doesn't happen, you know. So I think time management is key also. And um, my the last thing is if you're in business, my biggest thing of all my businesses that I focused on um, and just being, you know, just transparent, um, you know, coming from like my background, like low income community, things like that, going to HBCU and having in the middle of nowhere and having to like be creative and, you know, make money in different ways, like from DJing, cutting here, things like that. Um, I think the biggest thing is just on that journey where you, you just have to, you have your time management, you have running your own race. But you also just need to be able to align yourself with your purpose and your passion. Um, so I always tell people, I focus on giving people value more than everything. So a lot of people, when you're building businesses, 
a lot of people focus on the money. And I did it early on when I was younger and I failed. But when I focus on giving people value and just I was given more value than what I was being compensated for, it came back three times bigger, you know. So it was crazy because, you know, um, you know, Carl joined my investment group also. And my investment group literally last March this time, it had 10 people in it. And now it's like 2,300, I believe. And so, and during this time, I was just like, the biggest thing is I wanted to give people value. And I knew a lot of people didn't know about the stock market. So the biggest thing is I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna give, I'm not gonna give people just, just give them a guy and sell them something. And then that's it. Uh, I wanted to actually give more value and build a community around it. So a lot of people sell courses and things like that. And you never hear from them again. You buy the course. You can't email them, you can't talk to them, you can't DM them, you know. So now I build a community around this where you can personally reach out to me. Like, and I'm selfless. Like, I'm not one of those people that's, oh, well, I, I went and made, you know, all this. Like, I'm very accessible within that group. I talk, and, uh, talk to everyone. I drop gems every day. And I think the biggest focus is, like, when I took that focus with that business and put it in all my other businesses and just focus on giving value, that's when I saw everything kind of come back tenfold. I love that, bro. I love that 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 value piece, especially because I think that's something a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of business owners overlook. You know, you think so hard about being able to make money, you know, or, or hit a certain goal in revenue. And it's like you forget the fact that if you put the value out there, the money will follow, you know. So I think that that was like critical that you said that because a lot of people need to hear that. Now, what I want to ask you is because I think this is a this is a big one more so, and this is gonna lean more towards uh towards those who are already investing in the stock market or even those that are curious about it. Right. So the question I want to ask you, bro, is how do you balance being able to like reinvest back into that? and still paying yourself? And what should entrepreneurs be looking at in terms of being able to say, maybe once I hit this certain amount, then I can start taking money out. Maybe I can put some elsewhere. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so I always tell people uh, to diversify their investments. So I actually had an investment uh, tutoring call earlier today and uh, the guy, what he was doing was he was just investing in options and that's it. You know, I always tell people uh, options are cool. Trading stock options is cool, but long-term investing is key. You know, so that's that's where you're going to get your dividends. You're going to get your compounding um, and you're going to see the effects of really, you know, be able to grow wealth over time. So I think the, the biggest thing is you got to have, you got to do a little bit of everything. So you have four instruments in the stock market um, specifically. You have um, stock options, you have dividends, um, you have your long-term investing. And then you also, if you want to play long-term with options, you have leap contracts, you know, which are just, you know, one year, two year contracts. Um, but if you're making a certain amount of money, I'll just say allocate it to, you know, different things. So like if you, my, I trade options more specifically to grow my long-term account. And then if that long-term account specifically grows over a certain time, um, you know, whether I'm investing in an RIA or whatever, you know, of course, if it's RIA, I'm not touching it. If it's a regular brokerage account, 
you know, I may pay myself out every now and then or use that for something else. So a lot of people in my group, they have, you know, went and, you know, took profits and invested in real estate. Um, and that's a good way to kind of diversify. So ideally, the biggest thing with the, the stock market, I tell people all the time is um, you want to focus on balancing your active com- your active income versus your passive income. So active income is something that requires your presence, your job, your nine to five, things like that. Passive income is things that work for you. So you put your money in position to make you more money. So just, uh, uh, you know, even with my vending business, once I built my stock portfolio, I took that money and created my vending, my vending business also. You know, and and I knew that was going to grow. And, you know, ideally, you just want to either invest in one, something else that's going to grow your income, like real estate, vending machines um, and other different instruments. But you you always just got to diversify. You need to have your money here. It doesn't matter if you're investing in crypto um, and then you're investing in real estate. You just have to have balance because you never know what's going to happen with the economy. And you just want to be a well-balanced person overall. Okay. Something that just pops into my mind in in relation to what you just said has to do with just a point of diversification. Mm-hmm. I think, and I'm looking at it more so because I know a lot of people, a lot of people here like, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this, you need to do that. But the starting point tends to be the toughest part for most people. Now, I mean, if there's something that people need to join the investment group and you know, Carl's in it. I'm not. So I wouldn't know. Um, but if it's something you teach in there, by all means, just be like, yeah, they got to join to get that. But, you know, I think even like real estate, you know, something I've seen with people in real estate is like most people can't even afford, especially now during COVID. Right. It's like 20, 30 percent down um, to just get like an investment property with a hard money loan. It's like insane out here. So most people can't even like afford to take step one even though they already know all the steps that they should take, right? So really from your point of view, just like kind of give us a concrete place for most people, right? Somebody who's doing, you know, check to check, they're trying to get into entrepreneurship, but they're not quite there yet, but they know the benefits of it, right? Where do they really need to start and focus their efforts? Because like what you just mentioned is dope. Like if somebody has a capital, definitely get into that. But if they can't diversify and they need a super concrete place, that's just not going to burn them. Where do they start? So I think you start with long-term. Long-term investing over time is going to allow you to grow your portfolio. So I usually I only speak on things that I have done. <laughs> so uh, the biggest thing is just really just uh, from there, we we have more resources available than we did 10 years ago. So someone with a, like I was living, I remember living paycheck to paycheck. And I was trying to get, you know, investments in the stock market. So the best tip that I can give is set a budget where you can allocate a certain amount monthly uh, each paycheck. And then what we have now is you have platforms like Robinhood um, and other brokerage accounts where they allow you to buy fractional shares. So with fractional shares, you don't need to own the whole, uh, you know, the whole share. and, And, you know, you don't need a lot of money to start. It's just really with investing. You can invest, you can do it. You can start with a little and just be consistent and allow that money to grow over time. So, I mean, I think that's a concrete, consistent way where you can get an introduction to the market. And a lot of people say, well, I don't know what stocks to pick. 
you know, so an easy way to get started is investing into ETFs or index funds. So what ETFs are is pretty much it's a uh, exchange traded funds. And, and what they are is pretty much it's a basket of stocks within a particular sector or a particular, a particular index. Um, and usually the indexes, those mirror like the S&P 500, NASDAQ, things like that, the Dow, um, and then your ETFs, they mirror particular sectors. So just for example, QQQ. QQQ, uh, it tracks the top 100 NASDAQ stocks, index stocks. So usually um, you got you get exposure to Apple, you get exposure to Google, you get exposure to Facebook, you get exposure to multiple stocks just by investing in, into this one, T, one ETF. So over time, you know, this comp- this particular ETF is going to grow um, and, and you always got to think long game. So it doesn't matter if you're starting off with $20, $30, you can consistently invest in this ETF and it'll grow your capital over time. And then you can take that capital and do other things with it. I feel like that's the best way um, other than buying fractional shares, um, you can still buy fractional shares of these ETFs and index funds and get an intro to uh, different things. If you like cannabis stocks, um, you can invest in the MJ. MJ is a ticker that tracks all of the cannabis stocks um, and in one, uh, well, all of the top cannabis stocks in one particular basket or one ETF. Um, and then you got iClean, which tracks all of the NASDAQ clean energy stocks. Um, so if you're getting invested, the biggest thing is just kind of focusing on what's going on in the world. So we got EV, uh, uh, electronic vehicles, you got tech, you got clean energy, renewable energy, um, and you have cannabis stocks, which all support Biden's uh, current administration. So, you know, investing in a little bit here and there, um, you know, you can kind of grow a, a pretty decent portfolio if you're a starter. Major gems right there. I hope that that doesn't go over people's heads. Real quick, bro. So something that we we like to do on the show as well is because I mean, of course, you know where we're about being able to create that wealth and and showing people how to diversify their portfolio. Um, but I mean, we're in healthcare as well, so mm-hmm. we got to make sure we add that health piece on there. So we have a segment that we do which is just our, our, our black health segment. Yes. And um, basically with that segment, we like to shed light to, you know, different things that us as African-Americans suffer and that we're predisposed to. So uh, for today's segment, I just want to let everyone know that uh, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, in 2018, chronic liver disease was the ninth leading cause of death for non-Hispanic Black Americans, 45 to 64-year-olds. And among African-Americans, chronic liver disease is a leading cause of death. While it's not always known what causes it, some of the most prominent forms and conditions that cause it are chronic alcoholism, obesity, and exposure to hepatitis B and C viruses. So this is just something I wanted to bring to light for you guys. Be mindful of how much alcohol you're consuming. Um, you know, it's, it's very easy to have cirrhosis of the liver. It's very easy to not pay attention to how much alcohol you're consuming. And over time, it all adds up, you know, and, and, and the older you get, the harder it is to bounce back from certain things. So just wanted to bring that to the forefront. Chronic liver disease is one of the things that we struggle with. So just be more mindful with what you're putting into your body and uh, make sure you're hydrated and drink your water. So that's the Black Health segment for today. 
getting back to the task at hand, Steve. So uh, along with everything that, that, you know, you're, you're, you're doing from, uh, you know, barge consulting and the vending business, I know you do Facebook ads as well. Uh, there's a lot you have going on, bro. So the question that I want to ask you is, uh, are there any apps or resources that you recommend that have been able to kind of help improve your productivity with everything that you have going on? Oh man. Yeah. So good question, man. Good question. I love, I love sharing this when people ask me this. So one of the, uh, the first things is, so how I really stepped into like just the consultant side of things and, you know, Facebook ads, um, being able to, you know, design websites and, and a lot of other things, branding, marketing, things like that is I had to first educate myself, you know? Uh, so one of the top resources that I use literally for everything, um, and all of these skills, uh, I've, I've built up over time, but is by using udemy.com. So udemy.com, um, it pretty much gives you, um, step-by-step resources and videos from experts in specific specific fields. Um, so if you care about like digital marketing, so my focus last year was digital marketing and we actually had a conversation about this too. So what I did was I emerged myself to learn digital marketing so that I can grow my brands correctly. Um, and I didn't even actually have the idea of monetizing the skill, um, but I happened to do that too. But um, Udemy gave me the, the platform to kind of use the resources where I was able to, you know, find out how to run Facebook ads. I learned how to uh, design a website in 30 minutes. Um, so that's, that's definitely something that I definitely recommend um, a lot of people look into. It doesn't matter what field you're in, even if you're trying to find resources on investing, real estate, um, they have a lot of resources there. So it's uh, udemy.com for that. Um, another resource that I use all the time to stay organized is Calendly. So Calendly is uh, it's actually Black-owned too. Um, and it's a app that allows you to kind of schedule uh, different events uh, with people. And what happens is when they schedule it, you can you can integrate it with a payroll a paywall which is you know paypal or stripe or anything else and they can like if you're doing consultations you can collect payments through it um or if you're doing free sessions like free 30 minute quick meeting things like that once they book it it automatically comes up your calendar so it doesn't require any back-to-back emails things like that so i'm real big on automating things so that's like one of my strongest automation tools um, as far as another resource, I'm trying to think, I use so much. <laughs> so Slack, I love Slack. Um, Slack is what our community is based on. Um, and then also, um, I run Slack with my businesses and my team. So we actually keep, um, some, not, uh, like some public business documents there, like just like agreements, things like that. Um, and then we kind of communicate that. So team communication, um, it helps out a lot. And you don't have to worry about, you know, texting back and forth or or even hopping on the Zoom call. You know, a lot of things can be communicated. So like something with uh, a lot of my businesses I I do is I try to do less Zoom calls. The reason being is is I'm focused on just kind of building and being productive. So a lot of times if it doesn't really require a Zoom call, I won't hop on the Zoom. So um, another platform I use, of course, is Zoom. I like Google Meet too. (laughs) So you can use Google Meet. Um, I think that's a great resource also. Um, another gym is Fiverr. I outsource so many things. So like with our vending machine business, um, say if I'm looking for locations and I have a list of locations, but 
me, like my business partners, they, they work nine to fives. So I'm the only full-time entrepreneur. So a lot of, I'm doing a lot of things. So sometimes I have to outsource to delegate things. So uh, I use Fiverr to delegate things. So I may have someone do cold calls um, for our vending business resource, logo design, um, and a lot of other things too. So like some of the top resources that I use personally that kind of helped me as far as project management, um, like like as far as my mobile app, we use Asana. So Asana or Trello, um, those are both good project management tools. So if you have a team and collectively you're working on a project, um, you can show visibility um, to your team and look at, check off different tasks, set deadlines. You can even attach somebody to a task and just set a deadline for them. So it helps me a lot uh, with just posting tasks and delegating dif different things for our team. And that way we can execute. So my biggest, my word of last year was execution. And I think I'm using that same word for 2021 to just really executing because I think a lot of people have great ideas. A lot of people have, you know, great businesses, but it's like you have to execute consistently and continuously to kind of meet your goals. So those are pretty much like the main resources I use all the time, like every day, day to day. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that. Automated. I know that was a lot. <laughs> nah, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think for a lot of people, they undervalue the, the uh, for better lack of words, value of having all that stuff in place because like, you know, I promise you we're the same way. I'm the same way. Um, you know, I, I try to automate as much as I can. You know, if it's not on my calendar, it didn't happen. You know, um, I, we have Trello, all that stuff um, that we utilize in our business as well. So um, all that stuff, it's a lot, but like, it's necessary in this day and age, man. It's not like, you know, the olden days where you could just hop on over down to the office and hold a meeting for like five hours. Um, right. uh, these days, you know, things are changing. So no, nah, that's, that's definitely necessary question for you. Um, cause I know you do have tenacity, right. Kind of break down um, for the listeners, you know, what that is and you know, um, how that came to be. Yeah. So I'm glad you asked this question. So I'm going to give you the backstory of Tenacity, if you don't mind, and then I'm going to walk you into the initial launch and then our goal now, because we reached like two different stages right now building this company. So I started building Tenacity around, uh, I want to say 2018. So uh, I was actually doing some outsourcing for a company here in Atlanta where they actually, they did contracts with apartment complexes. So they were responsible for pretty much, I was responsible for contracting them and, and having apartment complexes work with this particular company. And uh, once they're onboarded, uh, you know, they help people with their apartment search. So they, they would call people, um, you know, they would just make sure like, if you're a busy person moving to Atlanta, they'll make sure you find a place that you need, you know, pretty much. So um, working with that actual company and just doing contracts with them, it gave me a vision because I seen a void and I had a couple of friends that came on and they worked for the sales team of this company and they, they were straight commission. So these guys, they were acting as real estate agents kind of, but it was just for apartments and they were helping people and it was just completely 
commission-based. And a lot of guys used to get kind of frustrated. And then also they were a little pushy because they were commission-based. So like, just think of someone like, you, you know, you guys, you, you're moving to Atlanta and you're looking for an apartment. You're at work, you're, you know, working, you guys are in the healthcare field. So you guys at work client facing and someone's calling your phone and just blowing your phone up about this apartment that you want to move into, but they're supposed to be handling it. I, I realized a lot of our customers, um, you know, with that company, they were running into a major issue where either one, they was kind of getting harassed and they really wasn't getting what they needed out of the company. So my idea was just like, I told everyone who worked there, I'm just like, yo, I'm going to build an app that allows you to automate the apartment uh, leasing, the leasing process. So you can find your, you can come on Snasty app and and, and just really kind of just find your apartment. Um, and then it's, it's really for the busy person, you know, so we automate the full process. So ideally, um, you only have to visit the actual apartment complex to pick up your keys. You know, so the cool thing about it is you can come on, browse apartments, you can schedule a tour, um, and then you can actually sign your leasing agreements through the mobile app. Um, so you really don't require anything. So this was pre-COVID. So I had we had all of this in place, and then we actually launched in 2019. Um, so we launched it at Comcast. So Comcast actually has a accelerator program, which is called The Farm, and they allow uh, entrepreneurs to come in their co-working space, build out their products and things like that. So uh, we launched and we had pretty great success. So we spent like the past few years, well, really like the past two years, gathering data, gathering user feedback, and just seeing if the apartment field was just the only thing that we wanted to stick to. And based on our feedback, we realized that based on our business model, it was pretty much a territory where we we really we, we didn't want to reinvent the wheel, you know, because it was so many other products that you could pick, compare our app to, even though it just streamlined their process. So recently we just pivoted last year. Uh, we pivoted our, our business model completely. And what we're doing now is we still have the, the apartment locating app. However, we're no longer doing apartments. Um, what we're working with now is we're working with private owners. So let's just say if you guys own the property, you guys can list your property that, that you own with Tenacity. Um, and we also have a property management software. So the property management software automates the property management piece too. So if you guys own the actual property, we will find the tenant for you because they're going to be searching for your property on the app. And what we do is we'll, our property uh, software, property management software will actually do the background check, uh, the criminal history check. And then once they're approved, uh, their application approved, it onboards them as a customer. This customer can, this renter can pay their monthly rent through our platform too. And it's a completely free platform on both sides. So as far as if you're an owner and you want to list your property with us, you can list it uh, completely free. And if you're a renter, you can search for a property um, completely free also. So with our recent pivot, this allows us not to just only work with apartments, but we can do houses, condos, lofts. Um, you know, in townhomes, which is privately owned, and we're doing commercial too. So with the pandemic at hand now, uh, a lot of commercial buildings are having trouble, you know, getting leased, getting rented in. So we added in that aspect so that we can work with commercial rental also. So pretty much, ideally, we're uh, overall, Tenacity is going to be automated property management software for landlords. And we also serve our renters. So ideally, we're streamlining that same leasing process, but we're adding a little extra. And then I added my own investment spend to it also, where we are able to accept Bitcoin payments too. So if you're an owner and you want to get paid via Bitcoin, you can actually accept 
Bitcoin payments and actually build that Bitcoin portfolio too. So we really did a full pivot during this pandemic just because for one, we wanted to make sure we were solving a need and we, 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 was, we wanted to make sure we wasn't reinventing the wheel. You know, it's a lot of things, it's a lot of companies out here that's kind of, you know, in the, you know, you got apartments.com, a lot of different competitors, but we, I looked at this, like what's going to make us stand out, you know? And, um, you know, that's where we are now. So we have a development team. Um, my development team is uh, actually, he's actually uh, the guy who's leading our development. He's actually a, a recent grad from Georgia State. Um, so he's a Nigerian and um, he built out his comp- a company. It's, it's called if, if Blaze Tech. And what, what he's doing now is he's building out his team. He's actually connecting guys in Nigeria to work on our project too. So he's building out his own development team as a resource for his back home. And we're all just pretty much working. First of all, innovators, I just wanna, you know, kind of speak to the fact of preparedness and opportunity, right? And how they go hand in hand. Cause I think a lot of people definitely miss out on that. You said something super key. You had this ready pre COVID and then COVID presented an opportunity where a lot of people had to make the shift but you're like, oh, look, we prepared for something that can accommodate that. So, you know, I just want to speak to that fact, how it like just prepared us up to when they meet, meet, like the game changes. But what I do not want to slide by is um, because I'm thinking, you know, from the entrepreneur side, right? I, I, if, if I'm owning a, a property building apartment, I don't know, whatever, four unit, 16 unit, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking I need a property management company, mm-hmm. right? This yep. this really starts to make sense to me simply because one, I want this joint to be as quick as possible, as problematic free as possible. I want the rentees to like, just, I mean, to me, that sounds like a sweet position. I don't, I really don't want to have to pull up, you know, I want to see the property, right? And if I could see that, you know, via video, or in person, great. But really, it sounds like a dream to just pull up, pick up the keys and just be like, thank you. Right. And not really have to interact with a lot of people. Um, but what I but what I do want to hit home, and you know, I want you to speak a little bit more on it, is what then becomes the pull, right? Because you mentioned like now owners can really take uh payments in Bitcoin. And immediately I'm thinking like, oh, investment opportunity. But what then really becomes a pull for an owner, uh, a property owner to say, okay, I want to go with tenacity versus some other, I don't know, mumbo, jumbo, whatever, property management company. What becomes a defining moment? Because what I really need people to hear, especially from the entrepreneur side, is how to then make that selling point to say, okay, my product is superior I mean, let's be real. It's Atlanta. Like everybody, everybody came out here for something. Right. So how do you then position yourself to be like, my, my product is superior to these things because it solves like these certain things. How do you position it in the market? Yeah. So marketing positioning is the biggest thing is uh, what I experienced as a renter. And that's why I love building out this company is because I, when I transitioned to Atlanta, I literally had a job offer and they told me, Hey, Steven, we need you here next week next starting next Wednesday you know and I was literally still you know in South Carolina just freshly graduating so um I had to hurry up here 
uh, move to Atlanta, stay with a friend, try to get approved for an apartment during all this time, and then still be training on this new job, which was pretty hectic, you know? So one of one of the biggest selling points is just for one, as a renter, you, you don't have to worry about managing the actual renting process. It's completely automated for you. So once you find the actual property that you like, you can schedule your tours directly from your phone and you get a peace of mind and the ease of use. So it's really just really just a peace of mind for the renter and making making things real automated where it doesn't it doesn't require your presence to do a lot of uh, things now on the owner side the selling point is just a lot of owners if you own a property your goal is you want quality tenants for your uh location so if you're renting out your place the most important thing is having quality tenants and making sure their background check and uh, everything is ran completely and that they pay their monthly rent on time. So the thing that we do is we're integrated with Checker, which uh, automatically checks their background check and their history. Um, and it allows them to see our rental histories, uh, see their rental history, um, and then see any uh, employment history also um, and criminal background checks. So now you have a perfectly vetted tenant that's gonna stay at your property and you know that you're gonna be able to get uh, monthly rent payments because this person has been vetted and if they have any employment gaps this particular renter has to speak to those gaps so on both ends it's actually making the the landlord as well as the renter have a better relationship and a better partnership because for one we're only listing properties quality properties that's well vetted also so if you own a, a particular property we're going to make sure that that property is is rentable, you know. So a lot of people may like list different things, like on Airbnb, things like that, um, and just want to rent it out, and it may not be livable. So these properties are by our property specialists are actually quality vetted, um, and it's and we're keeping things personal. The biggest thing is, yes, we're automating things, but we also have a, a personality touch to things. So I told a lot of people like, hey, we have a tech company, but you know, we still want to keep things personal. You know, so we'll hop on a call with the owner and I'll do a Zoom call with the owner, you know, early in the early stages and just kind of, you know, explain the product, make sure they're, and we're doing product demos and things like that now, um, as well as our, our angel investors, early stage investors that's interested in our product too. So I think the biggest thing with us is keeping things personal and really just being that, that peace of mind for the renter and the landlord. You dropping some serious gems, bro. Appreciate it, appreciate it, man. <laughs> I could talk to y'all all day, man. I, I told, I told Carl, man. I be, I, we, we got on the thing, we got on the training session, man, and we got to talking. And the training session ended like an hour ago. We were just talking, man. I can talk all day. <laughs> I already know, bro. I already know, man. Let me, so let me, let me pivot a little bit, but it, it yep. I think it still ties in though, mm -hmm. because. Paul asked you about being able to really show, you know, why you why you're gonna go with Tenacity as mm -hmm. opposed to any other company. And so at the same time, I feel like it's a perfect segue for me to ask you, you know, in terms of entrepreneurs who are just getting started, or even if they've been in the game for a little bit and they're still trying to figure things out, how would you recommend that they stand out to their target market? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is establishing your niche. So it's a lot of people that try to do a lot of different things. But if you have a business, 
the most successful companies that I've worked for, as well as I've built, like we focus on one specific niche and one specific target market. So the biggest thing is finding your target market um, and, and staying with it and making sure that you, you're going to be able to solve a problem for that particular market. I think that's, that's very uh, important because what we were doing initially was you could easily compare us to apartments.com, apartments list, Zillow, like that. And um, I actually had a, a talk. I, I, was at, uh, I had a girl, she asked me, she was just like, well, what makes this different from apartments.com? And I had to go back and I'm just like, well, for one, you know, of course, we're, we're kind of automating things, but I don't even want to be in that sector. So if you're comparable and you're not doing anything that stands out, it's going to be easy to compare you to the, the other competitors easily. So I think the biggest thing is just, just finding your niche. Um, and we we spend a lot of time on customer discovery, too. So if you guys don't know what customer discovery is, it's really just breaking down your customer. Uh, you have the interest page and then you have the awareness because no one knows about your brand until you really talk. They may not be bought in on the product or service. And now you have to you have to position yourself to see, hey, why am I the best person for this particular product? Um, and that's when, you know, you come in and just say, hey, you know, this is my niche. This is our target market. This is what we're providing. And this is. Let me ask you a question, um, particularly because <laughs> particularly because now we you are successful at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think a lot of people tend to assume, and even for me, man, you know, it's been one of the biggest pivoting moments in 2020, how I define it, because, you know, for a long time, it just used to be like monetary. Now it's become like a time thing mm-hmm. ever since I went full entrepreneur mode. But honestly, how would you describe success? Good question. Good question, man. So I feel like success is what it is to you. So how I define success may be completely different from someone else uh, defining success. I feel like success is compiled with one, freedom, time, and the ability to do things on your own terms. Um, You know, now some people may have found success in their career. It's really about loving what you do you know, and having a passion for what you actually want to do. Um, I think it's easy to, like, I've had a lot of great jobs um, and, you know, great salaries and things like that. But after a while, I didn't really just have a, I guess, a passion for it. I just love the perks. I love traveling. I love, you know, the the Delta Sky Miles, the, the hotel points, things like that. But I'm just like, am I really living my passion? Is this what I'm on earth to do? Am I happy doing this? Am I fulfilled? So I think the biggest thing is really doing what you love um, and, and just putting your all in. When you're doing what you love, it don't feel like work. You know, it, it just is natural. Like I wake up, get up in the morning, you know, um, you know, get on a computer, do things like that. I'm just like, yo, I grinded for this freedom. You know, I have this freedom to wake up in the morning, do what I want, go in the stock market, make a thousand dollars before 11 o'clock go on with my day and, you know, work with my team, build these businesses and things like that. But I think a lot of people don't realize like the backstory of things. Like it took, it took years of failure, years of setbacks and years of really learning different things, you know? So I feel like success is just really just doing what you love and having the passion to do it, you know? I love that answer, bro. And um, like you said, man, we could keep going, but 
uh, I'm gonna ask you just two just two more questions, and then and then we'll call it. Uh, the first question: What would you say is is your favorite pump up song that you like to listen to before you like get to work? Oh man. <laughs> so I listen to honestly, bro. I listen to a lot of trap music. <laughs> to be honest, um, I listen to Money Man a lot. Really, uh, he's an Atlanta artist. If you guys are listening, don't really know who that is, <laughs> uh, but he's an Atlanta ar- artist. And I really, I always been a person to kind of support the underdog, you know. So he's not with a record label. He's not out here. He's fronting his own money, and he talks about the, everything that I preach. You know, passive income, investing. Um, get, building your credit, building successful businesses, making your money work for you. So a lot of times I'll just turn on any Money Man song and just, it kind of pumps me up. It gets me in my in my zone. Um, and then, you know, I'm able to go in and kind of execute. All right. All right. Money Man, I definitely have to check him out. Um, last one for you, bro. Who would you say is on your Mount Rushmore of entrepreneurs? Woo! So, a couple of people that I like um, really is Gary B. And I think the biggest thing is um, working at a winery, you know, in a wine well wine shop for his for his parents. And he went on to create that to a online like powerhouse, you know. And this is before we was in the digital world, so he knew the leverage of the internet beforehand. Um, and the biggest thing is really just being, uh, you know, I like him too. Another reason is because he's authentic. You know, he always preaches about just really just being authentically yourself. And I think a lot of millennials and new entrepreneurs, they struggle with that because we want to build a brand, but we also want to live our lives too. Um, so I think he does a good job with also content creation, you know, getting that content out there and being consistent, you know. So if you're in, the, um, you know, in any business, I feel like uh, you have to have consistent, you know, content um, and just be consistent. Another one that I love is Damon John, of course. Um, so, you know, uh, owner of FUBU, you know, a lot of times it, it, he just kind of stresses kind of what he always talk about starting with a little and, you know, and, and then building it up to a lot. So a lot of people think when it comes to entrepreneurship that you need a lot or you need this, you can really start small, um, start with the people, you know, um, that, that support you, you know. So he talked about um, in one of his books, he talked about really a lot of people focus on the people that's not supporting them versus the people that do. So it's really about just focusing on your tribe. So if I got a hundred customers and these are the people that support me, I'm giving value to those hundred customers. And as long as I give value to those hundred customers, they're going to grow from there. So um, those are like my main two uh, that, that I actually like, uh, follow a lot um, and just kind of keep up with. Um, but yeah. Nah, I love, I love, I love Garrett V. I love Damon. Foo, shout out to Fubu. Right. First time I heard of Fubu was in that Bernie Mac. And what's crazy is a lot of people don't know, but Fubu just actually <laughs> relaunched. Relaunched, exactly. Yep, man. They for us, by us now too. <laughs> what was that? We got a suit line now too. Listen, listen, listen. For us, by us, they know what they know what it's about. And to the listeners, y'all know what else is for us and by us at OTC. These. T- t-shirts i keep telling y'all listen we got the blacks on today we're trying to rep we got the gray we kind of got the red still for some reason you can get it done custom made 
But hey, look, text word shirt 321-384-6275, as well as text the word study guide to 321-384-6275 to get this episode study guide. Stephen Bard drops some gems today and you didn't take notes. We took the notes for you so you can learn and apply. 321-384-6275. Yes, sir. Appreciate that, Paul. Stephen, man, bro, greatly appreciate you donating your time. Um, for anyone who's listening and this is their first time being exposed to you, bro, what would be some contact information or uh, social media info that you would want to leave with them? Yeah, so uh, best contact is uh, I can be reached uh, Startup Steve uh, on Instagram as well as Twitter, uh, any platform. Um, and then also if you want to follow any of my brands, those handles is Barge Consulting Group, um, Tenacity app for the apartment uh, locating app as well as the uh, bites up for the vending business. So you guys can, and then those, all of those links, uh, those are within my bio also. So you guys, I'm pretty accessible uh, just from my Instagram page. So you guys can reach out if you guys need any gems, any help. I'm usually uh, open book. So I, if I can't answer the question, I'll point you in the direction where, you know, I can get you help. Yes, sir. Um, and to our lovely listeners, man, thank y'all for rocking with us. Steve just dropped some gems. So y'all go, go, go follow him. Go send him some love. Tell him how much you appreciated all the gems he dropped. And make sure that y'all go to Apple, scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts, go to OTC, hit that five-star, leave a five-star written review as well. Um, we really appreciate it. And as always, please stop texting us how great the episode was. Go leave that review so other people know how great the episodes are. And Steve, once again, man, just appreciate you. Guys, until next time, you know what it is. Peace. Many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.